0: Welcome to Education Beat. Aman Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Ever since schools reopened for in person instruction in 2021, there's been a glaring problem. Too many kids are missing class. The number of students in California who are chronically absent more than doubled when comparing attendance before the pandemic and the 2021 22 school year. Almost 2 million California students were chronically absent that year.
1: Is it barriers in the community? Is it the fact that school is creating aversion? They actually are, kids aren't feeling engaged in school, or kids have misconceptions. And if we can start with a much more positive approach, I think we can reach many more students and families.
0: What are the root causes of students missing school? And how are school districts addressing this problem? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely.
2: Rini Slater's daughter is a straight-A student who's active in her middle school student council. And yet, she missed 20 days of school in seventh grade last year, enough to qualify as chronically absent.
3: For her and the other students, I think there's been a little bit of a disconnect with school because we've been masked. Last year was the first year without masks, but there still wasn't that community-building because we had to stay separate for so long.
2: Rini's daughter used to have good attendance, but after the pandemic, she started just saying, I don't feel good today. I'm going to stay home. Rini says part of it was just that she got used to being able to do work at home.
3: I think sometimes for her, because she is a straight A student, it's very easy for her to get caught up. We also have great internet at home. We have, um, computer that she can use. So it's easy if you have access to that to get caught back up.
2: In addition to being a mom, Rini is also a teacher. And she knows that even though it's been easy for her daughter to catch up when she misses school, that's not the case for all students in their district. Rio Bravo Greeley is a small district in the Almond Groves on the outskirts of Bakersfield in the southern San Joaquin Valley.
3: My other students who have not very good internet access at home, that don't have access to a Chromebook. Um, I saw them when they were chronically absent falling farther and farther behind. And so I could open up my classroom, but what child wants to come in at lunch to make up their work? You know, so they're already at a disadvantage. They're already behind academically and the pandemic just made it worse.
2: This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, why are so many kids missing school? Students are marked as chronically absent when they miss more than 10% of days in a school year, about 18 days. In California, the percentage of chronically absent students soared during the pandemic, from 12% in 2018-19 to 30% in 2021-22. My colleague Betty Marquez Rosales wrote about the dramatic increase in chronic absenteeism for EdSource and collaborated with AP on a bigger story. She interviewed Rini Slater for that story, and she also moderated a recent roundtable about chronic absenteeism with Rini and others. The voices you'll hear today are from that roundtable. Hi, Betty. Hi, Zadie. So you've been really immersed in reporting on chronic absenteeism. So what what did you find out from all of this reporting?
0: We know that chronic absenteeism rates really shot up during the course of the pandemic and have remained quite high. There's some indication that they might slowly start dipping over the next school year, but it's not lowering as much as educators and and families would like to see. So we just found that it's consistently high throughout the state and for a variety of reasons. Chronic absenteeism is nuanced. It depends on each family, what they might be facing as they deal with the lingering effects of, of the pandemic.
2: And there's no data yet for 2023. 223 school year, correct?
0: It hasn't been published. The the data exists, right, but we haven't been able to see it at least not on a statewide level. We do have a sense of a few districts. At least from the few districts I've seen the numbers for, the the, the rates decrease just just a bit, but they're still much higher than they were pre-pandemic, and so it's still a concern.
2: Okay, and are there certain groups that are missing school more?
0: We know that Native American students, Latino students, Black students, they're dealing with really high rates of chronic absenteeism. We also know that ELLs, English language learners, are also facing high rates of, of missing school.
2: Okay. And do we know why, why chronic absenteeism went up so much?
0: There's no single reason. You know, experts wish it was that straightforward, but everyone that I spoke with agrees that it is so nuanced and some of the reasons are, you know, illness, of course, directly due to COVID-19, perhaps indirectly, the lingering effects financially of the pandemic, lingering emotional effects of the pandemic. And perhaps there's, there's also some cases of students who might just not feel safe. In in school environments at this point, that might be due to um, bullying. It might be due to news around school shootings. There's such a wide variety of reasons.
2: Tom O'Malley is superintendent of Modoc Joint Unified School District in Alturas, in the far northeastern corner of California. He's seen all kinds of reasons for kids missing school
4: my daughter was chronically absent. She was a valedictorian. She played club volleyball hundred miles away, three days a week and on weekends. So she missed a lot of school. So she didn't need any assistance. She, she was fine. But then again, you have those other kids who, you know, you have a third grader who's raising their first grade sibling and their kindergarten sibling and making sure they get to school and doing whatever else and trying their best while their parents, you know, are, are passed out on the couch or whatever the case may be. Totally different scenario, totally different set of interventions. So, we are, every case is different. I don't think there's a one size fits all personally.
2: So, Betty, Modoc is a very rural district. Are there big differences between urban and rural districts? I know you spoke with folks from both.
0: There are some slight differences, but really what stands out about this particular data set is that the rates went up across the board. We see that they increased in urban districts, suburban, in towns, in rural areas, uh, across the board. We did see slightly higher increases in rural districts, but you see that the number shot up everywhere across California.
2: In Los Angeles Unified, the president of the Association of Pupil Services and Attendance Counselors, Sophie Ryan, says one of the reasons kids are missing school is the lack of space in after-school programs.
5: Because sometimes parents don't bring the child because there is nobody who's going to be taking care of the child, picking them up, or because there is nowhere they can wait for the child to come out from work. So when you do the assessment and you really think of the whole child, you're going to really learn what we need and how to take care of it. Our superintendent also found out that it's important to have more transportation, and he provided more buses.
2: Betty, the most recent data that we have for chronic absenteeism is from 2021 22. And when I think about that school year, I remember that there were all of these rules about COVID 19 when you had to stay home because of illness, because of exposure. There were many different reasons why you had to stay home. How much did all of that play into the chronic absenteeism that year?
0: You know, it did play a role. Um, It might have been substantial, right? But we don't know that we can't say for sure. And speaking to researchers and other experts who've been looking at this issue for a long time, even prior to the pandemic, they're saying that they can't say for sure how much of a role COVID-19 played and, you know, direct... Cases of COVID 19 just because it, it's difficult to track that level of information. It did play some role, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, in the sense that perhaps if a sibling is sick, maybe the parent isn't able to take their non sick child. Uh, perhaps there might have been some exposure, right? There were so many complicated situations happening, particularly at that time. You know, experts are are saying that it's not the only thing that contributed to these high rates.
2: Sophie Ryan saw this in LAUSD.
0: One of the
5: challenges that I have as a child welfare and attendance counselor is also when you look at the data, thinking on the accuracy of the data. Because yes, Sophie may have missed 20 days of school, but we sent her home 10 days. And then she got sick again and she got five more days. So when you're looking at numbers, there was a high rise of students who began to have chronic absenteeism because of the illness. And you have to respect confidentiality and you cannot say, oh, COVID absences, this many. You just say illness absences. So it's challenging to get numbers that reflect the realities
2: one thing that stood out to me during the roundtable is that um, several commenters mentioned that kindergarten was the grade with the highest rate of chronic absenteeism. I think that's always been true, um, but it's apparently gotten worse since the pandemic.
0: One of our panelists on the roundtable, Hedy Chang, she has been studying chronic absenteeism long before the COVID-19 pandemic. She mentioned that chronic absenteeism rates among kindergarteners was 40 percent in the 2021 school year. One potential reason that that educators are seeing that researchers are seeing is parents not seeing kindergarten as one of the mandatory grades, right? It, they perhaps see it as more of a maybe more attached to playtime versus. What it often is, which is laying the foundation for their student to to go on to first grade, you know, that's laying the foundation of the ABCs, of their numbers, of understanding these foundational aspects uh, that will help set them up for success in, in ongoing years.
2: Hetty Chang is the founder and executive director of Attendance Works. She says one reason kindergarten attendance has dropped so low is that many kids didn't go to preschool during the pandemic.
1: One of the best strategies for improving kindergarten attendance was kids going to preschool. One of the things that it does is it helps kids and families get into a
2: routine of going to school. Hetty says post-pandemic, schools have changed. They're not really as welcoming as before.
1: Part of that is because when schools opened up, they didn't open back up for parents. They opened up for kids and parents are now, you just drop it at the door and they don't see what's happening in the classroom. And now they also haven't had their kids in preschool experiences where they might have understood the value and what you get from early learning.
2: Erica Peterson is Director of Education and Engagement for School Innovations and Achievement. That's a consulting group that works with school districts around the country. She says schools need to talk with parents about why coming to kindergarten every day is important.
3: When you think of kindergarten parents, they're maybe younger, first time in the school system. And I don't think that expectations are always clearly stated and upfront talking about, we want
2: you here, the importance
3: of school, kindergarten's not all finger painting and nap
2: time. So Betty, what, what's the answer? Like what are districts doing to try to get kids back to, back to school?
0: That's what all school staff seem to want to know the answer to. And it really depends on the district and and what the students need and the students' reasons for missing school. And so what some of the panelists for our roundtable mentioned that they've been implementing, some of it has been working, some of them they're they're really seeing if it's going to work, has been, for example, um, Ophelia... Ryan down in LA Unified mentioned that her district has been knocking on doors, going to the homes of the students who are missing school on a chronic level, which means 10% or more of the school year, and checking in with them, seeing if they can check in with the family members as well, seeing if they need anything, trying to figure out what is preventing them from getting to school as often as they possibly can. That's one thing that some school districts across California have been implementing. For others, it's it's not always possible to knock on doors, particularly rural districts. Say, for example, um, Tom O'Malley up in Modoc County, which is the most northeastern county in, in California. It's a rural district. The students live miles away from the school. If a school staff member leaves the school to go visit a student, that could mean Hours out of the campus, Um, and and so it might not be as feasible, right? And so in those cases, you know, Tom noticed that some of the reasons why students were chronically missing was because they needed to go to doctor visits. Particularly, the students who might be dealing with with certain illnesses that require multiple doctor visits, that could mean an entire day out of school for every single visit, and so. Tom O'Malley and his staff, they decided to fund uh, this nurse's education so that she could become a family nurse practitioner and offer many of those health services directly on the campus so that students don't need to be missing as much school if it's a health-related reason.
4: So if we can do some of those things in-house and keep kids healthy, keep them in school, you know, now I've got someone on campus who can prescribe medication, who can see kids, all with, you know, parental consent and what have you. Just being as remote as we are, we're about 100, 150 miles away from the nearest city. So I have parents who have to go to to Redding, California, which is again, 150 miles to have their kids braces checked, you know, once a month. And and that's a day trip for us. Cause when you, when you, when you go to the city, you you go to Costco and you, you get new clothes and you do whatever you need to do. So you look at that child right there, that that's a child that's out 10 days you know, because they got to go once a month to get these things tightened. So throwing a couple of illnesses and a couple family trips and, and you're chronically absent. Sophie Ryan
2: in Los Angeles Unified says the emphasis of her district's attendance counselors is on finding out what parents and students need and connecting them to services that can help them. She also says it's important just to make school more welcoming.
5: We have so many studies that show that many kids don't come to school because they have a connection with an adult in the school site. So look at so many stories in Instagram now that we have access to all these social media. When you look at graduation days and you see the custodian high-fiving a line of students who said, I really felt safe and I had this connection with this particular individual, not necessarily the teacher or the counselor, but when you have a welcoming environment where students feel connected and they feel safe, you're gonna have an increase in attendance.
0: So, those are just two of the solutions that some districts have, have found are working. And then there's also, you know, what, what I heard across the board was the importance of communication, direct communications from school to families. And that might mean in the form of phone calls, that might be perhaps mail, that might be text messages, maybe there's a, an app. That families use, in whichever form makes the most sense for that particular s- school, that communication to to let families know, hey, we're here for you, we're open, we're ready to 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 bring you into our campus as much as we possibly can. Right, these last few years were difficult, but we're we're trying to get back on track with what we know school can offer for students. Um, you know, experts, researchers, other school staff members are really saying that that communication piece is crucial to bring in students back on campus.
2: The other thing that I noticed is that people, um, you know, kind of across the board on the round table, everyone said, you know, districts need to be moving away from punitive practices, right? From telling parents that they're going to get in trouble for not sending their kids to school and instead working with the parents.
0: Right, this did come up during our round table, and I heard it during some of my interviews as well. Prior to the round table, they were saying that they've seen that these punitive practices have not worked. If anything, they might actually have created much larger barriers between families and the schools, and perhaps even broken a level of trust that parents might've had, or, or, or students themselves might've had with with educators or with other school staff. And so the what they're really trying as much as possible to move more and more toward is talking to parents, talking to families, to students directly, communicating the importance of the student being on the campus in every one of their classes, ideally every day, if not possible due to where they might live, due to any other reason, then as much as they possibly can.
2: Hetty Chang says the research shows punishment doesn't really work
1: even the system that we have, which is you eventually take kids to court um, for unexcused absences, there's not much evidence that actually that improves. In fact, there's some evidence that it can make attendance worse. The key to solving chronic absence and attendance is understand what what are the underlying issues that are causing them? Is it barriers in the community? Is it the fact that school is creating aversion? They actually are or, or pushed out or kids aren't feeling engaged in school or kids have misconceptions. And if we can start with a much more positive approach, I think we can reach many more students and families.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Betty's story and watch the roundtable at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guest, Betty Marquez Rosales, and all the people whose voices you heard today: Hedy Chang, Tom O'Malley, Erica Peterson, Sophie Ryan, and Renee Slater. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Silver Giving Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.